Hi, I'm Ellen, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. Hey all, it's Community Pastor Ellen in State College, Pennsylvania here. I'm joining in on the Psalm-ish series today with you. The song we're exploring together is a song one of my sisters introduced me to. So, Haley, if you're listening, thanks for being one of the people that gives me new music. This is John Bellion's Stupid Deep. What if who I hoped to be was always me? And the love I fought to feel was always free What if all the things I've done, yeah Were just attempts at earning love, yeah Cause the hole inside my heart is stupid deep Stupid deep Was always clear. Why has life become a plan to put some money in my hand when the love I really need is stupid cheap? Stupid cheap. Just attempts at any love, yeah. Cause the hole inside my heart is stupid, dear. love about this song is the questions that Bellion asks are super relatable for me. I know from others the questions they ask in their heads are pretty similar too. 
What if who I hope to be was always me? Another way of asking that is, what if all I am is just me? And that is enough. What if I am enough? What if all the things I've done were just attempts at earning love? Another way of asking that question is, what if everything I've tried to do was out of a place of finding where I belong? Whether they were healthy or unhealthy ways of pursuing love, what if I just want to be loved? And the question Bellion asks between these two in the first chorus or bridge, it kind of repeats, so maybe it's a chorus, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But the question in between those two was, what if the love I fought to feel was always free? Another way of asking that question may be, what if I didn't have to earn love, but could simply be loved? What if I already am freely loved? That's where I want to pause with this first look at Bellion's lyrics. I want to open a discussion today about this word, abundance. It's a word that honestly has been on my mind so much this first third of 2023. Can you believe we're almost a third of the way through 2023? Anyway, I want to think about abundance together, especially with regard to who we are and how we think about love. So what is this word abundance? A way that I'm coming to understand abundance is just that it's a lot of something. Like so much that it doesn't really run out. It's continuous. When I hear the word abundance, two images come to mind. Uh, The first is like a Thanksgiving meal (laughs) or an American Thanksgiving meal um, table with like that cornucopia thing and it has all like the fruits and vegetables potatoes and whatever coming out of it I do picture that (laughs) and the second thing I picture with abundance is rolling waves the waves just keep coming and they continue to roll on one another and they don't run out of their motion friends I get stuck in the ruts of operating with the opposite of abundance which is scarcity or deficit I think that there isn't enough time or money, energy, motivation, gifting, affirmation, whatever it is. What do you find yourself often wishing you had more of? The reality is that sometimes there truly is not enough money or time or otherwise for something you may want. How does that feel? That feels disappointing to me, and that sometimes leaves me a little angry. And I can choose to focus on the scarcity, what I'm lacking, or I can orient to abundance. And it doesn't mean that that anger or disappointment might not stir up, but it means that the abundance is so much more. Instead of wondering what is wrong with me, why I lack energy, talent, motivation, and trying to get myself to be something that is not me, I can see that I already have the abundance. You and me, we're made in the image of God. That is a statement of abundance. We don't perfectly image God, but we are nonetheless made in his image. We are his representatives. 
We are gifted with a desire and ability to communicate with the divine, with God. That's abundance. Communication, desire, uh, representation, image, all of this is abundance. So what if all I hope to be was always me? Then that would be a person of abundance. Me, you, and Jesus, we are the people of abundance. Because we are imaged after our God who is abundant. There is no scarcity in God. In his holy perfection, God lacks nothing. I lack, but I am defined by abundance. Do you hear that distinction? God is abundant. I am not God. So I have some things that are scarce. But my God has declared me abundant because I am in his image. I am first defined by abundance. What if you are enough? What if you have already been gifted with everything you need to do the kingdom work God has already asked you to do? This is so much a part of my journey in coming to the Holy District. I thought I needed more or something else in order to commit to to ministry. I thought I needed to change parts of me, parts of me that I couldn't even change. And I had to change what felt most natural to me. You may already know if you're a part of a Holy District community, as I am continually coming to understand, that you already have you. And God has made you to do the work that he asks of you. Now, it doesn't mean we already have figured out exactly what all that is or how it comes together for God's kingdom. That will be revealed to us in God's time and with our participation in God's mission. For now, it means that we are free to act in God's mission. You don't have to wait to become something else. As we act and get to know Jesus more, we will be formed more in his likeness. This is a reciprocal thing, meaning as we become more like Jesus, we will act more in his likeness. And as we act more in his likeness, we will become more like him. And that does not mean that we become Jesus. That means that we become more of the person Jesus has us becoming, which is more authentic, more loving, more patient, more righteous, more just, and more real of a person than you are right now. That's abundance, that you can step into that now, and it will be a continual formation process. You and I start from the same place of being imaged after our abundant God, and we are moving toward increasing our understanding of and participation in that abundance. There is no scarcity in the kingdom. We are satisfied in Christ, resting in his abundance. The love that is free that Bellion asks about, yeah, that's real. Jesus' love is free to us because God is abundant in his grace and mercy in giving it to us. Let's start with an Old Testament understanding of where we get this idea of God's abundance. Um, As you'll come to hear my voice on the podcast, you will probably notice that I do love to talk about the Old Testament, and I hope you will enjoy that with me and we'll grow in that understanding together. So here is my first Old Testament example with you. We're going to look at a little section of Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible. Here in the story, when we come to chapter 34 of Exodus, 
God has brought his people out of Egypt where they were enslaved. God brings them to the wilderness at Mount Sinai before bringing them into the promised land. The promised land is supposed to be full of everything you need to survive well, abundantly, in an ancient culture. And Mount Sinai is located in a space very opposite of that, very desolate. God brings his people first to this wilderness because he wants to take time to establish them as a people with dignity first. This was very recently a people that were enslaved. They had their personhood and their dignity stripped from them. And along with that comes the stripping of culture and family and just these things that identify us and hold us together. And so God gives them culture and worship and beauty. He gives them his presence and laws for their society, which are full of dignity for the time period. In giving the people of Israel all of these things, God also gives them truth about who he is. They are just coming to understand who this God is. And so God spells it out for them. Um, And one of the most foundational passages for Israel to understand who God is, it's Exodus 34, 6-7, and it reads, And God passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Maybe at first read, you got a little hung up on that last part about punishment. Do you hear that God is abounding in love and faithfulness? Did you hear that he is gracious to thousands and forgiving? That he maintains love to thousands? Compare thousands to third and fourth generation. Thousands is abundantly more than three and four. And that's the point. Our God, who is abundant in love to thousands upon thousands, still will not let sin go unpunished. This is God's justice. He will bring oppression to justice because of his great love. Love seeks to make wrong right. So that's what God will do. What have we established so far? That in Jesus, we are the people of abundance and coming more and more to understand a model of life lived knowing God's abundance. And when I say knowing, I'm not talking about Uh, an ability to just spit scriptures out about who God is in his abundance. Um, I'm not talking about being able to craft an understanding of knowing. Um, I'm talking about a more physical understanding of knowing. That the ways that we interact with people, the ways that we talk about ourselves, the ways that we um, are neighbors, the ways that we are in community with others, these are all ways that we practice knowing God's abundance. God doesn't want us to become someone we are not. He loves us for who he has made us to be. In fact, so much so that Jesus came to dwell with us. Jesus witnessed fully how much we tried to be people we were not created to be. How much we choose other things to fill our stupid deep holes of belonging. The truth is that we already belong. 
And in Jesus's ministry on earth, he went around proclaiming our belonging. He told the blind, the sick, the lame, that they belong. He told people of different social groups like Samaritans, zealots, and tax collectors that they belonged. Jesus showed how abundant the kingdom of God is. So let's invite the people around us into this abundance. In the next verse of Bellion's song, he names some of the challenges people will have in accepting this abundance. Our culture praises endless work and money as a distraction to God's abundance. Bellion asks, what if where I've tried to go was always here? And the path I've tried to cut was always clear. Another way to ask those questions is what if I have been working so hard at something that was already done, already right in front of me? He also asks, why has life become a plan to put some money in my hand? I don't think that that question needs much rephrasing. When the love I really need is stupid cheap. It's stupid cheap because it's free and abundant. Jesus has already made the path into the kingdom of God. He's already given us his image and proclaimed that we belong. We, the people of abundance, work in our lifetimes now knowing that we have already received. Receiving first is opposite of how a lot of our culture functions in the West. We often need to work or prove ourselves, or do something, show something, in order to receive. God's model is the opposite. God is the one that is abundant, and he gives freely first. And as we receive, we are invited to participate. And that is our work. We don't have to work to earn because we've already been given. Abundance brings the gift of rest, the gift of Sabbath. The gift of a Sabbath day, a day declared for no work, was among the gifts that God gave to Israel, a formerly enslaved people. He proclaimed rest over their bodies and minds. He proclaimed rest over their work and social structures. And this rest applied to all levels of society and creation, the land and animals. All were to rest. God had provided for them in abundance, and he was leading them into a land of abundance, so they could receive his command for rest. We continue learning from this story because we are still a culture prone to overworking and overworking others. We demand more instantly as if there is scarcity. What do you fill your stupid deep hole of belonging with when you are in a mindset of scarcity? What do you fill your stupid deep hole of belonging with when you are in the mindset of abundance? What practices of rest and play remind you that God is abundant? An answer to this question about practices of rest and play is something I'm personally really working through. And I think it's helpful to think about um, if we're working with our hands how can we rest with our minds? If we work often with our minds, how can we rest with our hands? This is how we form into holistic people, body, mind, and soul. 
And in the things that we're doing and thinking, maybe we're reading, maybe we're outside, maybe we enjoy board games, um, maybe we enjoy cooking for other people and sharing it around the table, whatever these practices are, and if you have some great ones, I would love to hear them. Whatever these practices are of rest and play, they are to remind us of God's abundance. In enjoying these restful and playful practices, we are giving God glory, telling him that we are grateful to be in the image of an abundant God that gives us the gift of rest. Living into restful abundance doesn't mean our fear or reality of scarcity disappears. However, it does change how we see ourselves and others. Abundance establishes personhood, and we honor that in those around us, and we honor it in ourselves, because God does. He gives rest to the weary, and this rest isn't laziness or lack of motivation. Rest recognizes our limitations and invites us to remember who God is, who he has created us to be, and the mission that he has prepared for us to do. We enter God's mission, God's kingdom, through receiving abundance. I want you to do this one very, very simple practice of rest. We're going to take a deep breath. (laughs) And when I say take a deep breath, I mean we're going to take a big inhale. And when you exhale, I want you to let out some kind of noise. It might feel awkward, but it's actually proven that if you let out a little noise... In your exhale, you will actually relax even more. So hopefully you're not in a space where this is too awkward. And if you are, you can just help somebody else next to you learn how to breathe well. But take in a deep breath and exhale. And as you exhale, I want you to drop your shoulders. If you need to do that again and make sure your shoulders actually drop this time, go ahead. Think about relaxing your jaw. Where is there tension in your body? Think about that space. Breathe in and exhale audibly as you think about that space of tension. Yes, even this. Even this is a way of remembering God's abundance. That we are already cared for. That we already belong. You are imaged in abundance. Receive and rest, and be sent out, proclaiming the abundance of God's kingdom. Tell it to those around you, and tell it to yourself. Thanks for listening to the Holy District podcast today. The Holy District is an expanding network of grassroots, Jesus-centered community building in Pennsylvania and Arizona. We are grateful to share scripture with you and to hold space to hear what God might have for us and our communities each week. You can find us on social media at Rediscover Sacred. May you rest, work, 
and be in the abundance of God this week.